Okay, we're back. This podcast is delicious is the name, the brand new name of a very old podcast, which is ours. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's what a way to undersell it. First of all, what, what you, I hope you keep in is your finger snap. You have one of the best finger snaps in the business. Marco Timpano, nobody snaps a finger like you. He does a mic check every single time that we, before we start. He's very, very serious. He gets very, I mean, you'll never find him more focused and serious than when he does that snap. And, and the reason I bring up the snap, Marco, is because I have a five-minute joke on stage about how after two years of using 17 varieties of hand sanitizer every day, there's no snap left. When I go to snap my fingers, it just... It's, it's gone. And, and ash, just a bunch of ash floats into the sky from my fingers. So you still got it, baby. Thank you. You still got it. That's Ali Hassan who's speaking right now. Can I ask you a question? You know your car steering wheel? Mine is <laughs> mine is rubbed away from all the hand sanitizer I've used. Yeah. It's no longer it, – it now looks like someone rubbed it with sandpaper. All the sheen is gone. All the sort of – it looks like hell. No. It sounds like uh... – it sounds like a, you bought a car from a guy named Julio from a back alley that uh, the car and the steering wheel didn't come together. It sounds like you got uh, used parts, scrap parts uh, for, for a steering wheel, buddy. That that should not be happening. His name was Juan, and the uh, back alley was more of a, of a lot. But yeah, it sounds... Joao? Is it Joao? Yeah, Joao, yeah. Joao, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> All right, great. Um at this point, most people are probably like, oh, I didn't realize this was a steering wheel focused podcast. So let's get everyone back on track here. We are, this podcast is delicious. We talk about food. We talk about drink. Today, we're also going to talk about something else, very sort of timely and pressing thing, which is what is happening in um, in Ukraine. And before you go, heard enough, uh, we're going to talk about it from a, from a food perspective, right? Or from a, from a food a and drink. Yeah, food and food drink, drink perspective. perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll bring the drink. You bring bring the food. So uh, I'm going to start with uh, what's going on in the world of drink and what's going on in the Ukraine. Don't let me stop you. Bro. Okay. So you may have heard this. And if you haven't, get out from under your rock and pay attention. But a lot of companies um, are boycotting Russian vodka. Sort of to send a message to that country's leader that we're not going to take we're not going to bring in any more imports in this field of beverages from your country, right? So it's been a very interesting ride here. Uh, the LCBO, which is the uh, conglomerate that looks after alcohol in our province of Ontario, one of the larger um, purchasers of alcohol, sort of is like, we're not purchasing any more vodka. One of the larger purchasers globally, by the way. Massive, it massive uh, purchasing power. Indeed, because they buy alcohol for the whole province. You can't buy it anywhere else, or it's very difficult to buy alcohol outside of the LCBO, which is the yeah, Liquor uh, which Control is a, Board of a Ontario. fascist arrangement that uh, we will uh, talk about at some other time. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's fine. At, it's an, fine. At, at a later date. But they, they have said no, and most other provinces' liquor uh, buying boards have said no as well. So as far as Canada is concerned, we're not bringing in any more uh, Russian vodka. But the interesting thing that I noticed was some vodka that you may think is Russian actually is not Russian. Mm -hmm. Like Stoli Stoliknaya or Stoli, as people call it. Yeah. Is it Polish? It is. Uh, it, that is made in Riga, Latvia. So oh, that's, okay. that, it was a Russian vodka back in the day, but the guy escaped Russia and started the company. And now that's all made in Riga, Latvia. Same with uh, what's the other Russian vodka that everybody thinks of? Um, uh, I have it here and I just can't see it. 
Stoli Smirnoff. Smirnoff is not made in. You're uh, kidding. Where is it made? It's in the U.S. It's a U.S. based company now. And so it has the Russian name because people automatically think when they think vodka, they think Russia because that's where the alcohol uh, originated. But that doesn't mean all purveyors of vodka just because they have a Russian sounding name actually make vodka. This is the problem, right? When I think vodka, I think of uh, comedy legend Yakov Smirnov from the 80s. And that's what makes me think of vodka. And so I put the two together and... um, Maybe it is Yakov. Look up what old Yakov is doing. Have, I'm sh- if anybody doesn't know who I'm talking about. He has a he has a theater in Branson, Missouri. So he's probably there at his theater. That is as random as it gets. Yeah. That is yeah. just as random. He was a big deal for a while. Oh man, he was in everything in the like, you know, <laughs> 80s. Like if there was a Russian on TV, it was him, right? I'm sure yeah, he's against he this. The go-to. This uh, you know, what's going on right now with Russia and the Ukraine and how Russia has sort of invaded, but um I just wanted to bring people's attention to that because there are people who use their their dollars to send a message. And mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. Yeah, I will I will add to that um you know, as I as I think about my vodka cupboard over the years, you know, when I was trying to act like I had money that I didn't, Grey Goose was in there. Grey Goose is a French vodka. It's more expensive than it need be. Uh I've been given Chirac as a as a gift. Uh, also not Russian. French I as have, well. <clears throat> it's French. Uh, yep. Belvedere is Polish. Again, I shouldn't have been drinking that. It was too expensive for how little money I had. Uh, Kettle One is from the Netherlands. Absolute. People would probably know from Sweden. They know vodka. But more importantly, I discovered Iceberg Vodka out of Newfoundland. There's also Crystal Head Vodka out of Newfoundland. That's right. I discovered Iceberg Vodka, and it was everything I needed in a vodka. So in a way, I've been a hero to the Ukrainian people for many years. I mean, look, not all heroes wear capes. I don't talk sure. about it, but I'm, uh, gosh, I mean, if if there aren't kind of, you know, books written about me, I don't know what we're Listen, doing here. I drink Tito's vodka. That's a U.S.-based vodka. There's That's a right. great vodka from Iceland called Reka. It's a one, if you get a chance to try this Icelandic vodka, it's it's fabulous, Reka. And then there's mm. some vodkas you can get that are actually Ukrainian vodka. So look out for Nirmarov, Dimas, Ko. Zirkova, Shevkov are all Ukrainian vodkas. Now, you might be saying to yourself, okay, but then what are the Russian vodkas that people are boycotting, right? What are those vodkas? Because you might be thinking, I thought Smirnov was. I thought Stoli was a Russian vodka. No, the Russian vodkas from Russia are Russian Standard, Zir, mm-hmm. I think it's pronounced Zir, Z-Y-R, Beluga Noble Russian, Imperia, Mamet, and Organica, uh, Organic with a K and an A at the end of it. Those are Russian vodka. So you might want to avoid those those vodkas if you're really like, I'm not going to support the, any money going into Russia to help them uh, sure. going forward. So so those are those are some of the, the interesting uh, things I discovered. And I went to the liquor store to see if in fact those vodkas had been pulled and they had been pulled. I went last night uh, mm-hmm. to make sure. And sure enough, there was a Ukrainian vodka that was front and center. So I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Oh, nice. Uh, I want to... And give a shout out to one other vodka, which sure. I just remembered I, I I had last year when I was in Newfoundland. I was filming for a few weeks in Newfoundland and we went to, once my three week quarantine was up, I was just, I burst out of that Airbnb um, like, you know, prison had held me down. 
I went to a, a phenomenal restaurant in St. John's called Terre, T-E-R-R-E. They were, they've since been profiled in, uh, in En Route magazine, which is a, a, a great profile for, for a Canadian restaurant, really puts the restaurant on the map. Best restaurant in Canada type of vibe. So uh, I don't know how easy it'll be to get a, 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 you know, a seat in that, in that restaurant now that I'm recommending, but you sure. should definitely try if you were going to St. John's. But when we were there, there was a vodka bottle sitting in, not just in ice, but ice actually, they, they found a way to, to, to attach the ice to the bottle. Yeah. And so they picked it up out of the bucket, poured two shots. So it was the coldest vodka I've ever had. And, and I don't really say this so much about vodka, the tastiest vodka I've ever had. And the feeling going down and the taste, I mean, it was clean and yet sort of spirit forward in a strange way. I don't even know how those two things can happen. And it was refreshing. And it was also sort of, a you know, immediately energizing. And um, it was amazing. And it is from a company called St. Uh, sorry, not St. John. It's called the Newfoundland Distillery Company. So oh, you wow. can look up the Newfoundland Distillery uh, .com. Do they deliver outside of Newfoundland? I don't know. Okay, you are going to have to do that. But they have vodka. They have uh, rhubarb flavored vodka. Yum. They have a few gins, aquavit. Fantastic company. I uh, I stand by. I tried more of their products. I'll put their. I'll put their link in our show notes so that oh, if anybody wants sure. to and tear tear restaurant as well. Please, okay. You and I'll say this, Ali. If you want to do what Ali describes with a vodka bottle that's encased in ice, very simple. If you have a walk-in freezer or you have enough room in your freezer, what you do is you take that bottle of vodka, put it in a plastic. Uh, container, sort of like a plastic pail, a small one, let's say, even, mm -hmm. even what you put like a plant holder, if it's plastic, you put it in there, fill it up with water, freeze it, then take it out of that so that the ice stays adhered to the vodka bottle. Right. And when you're having a party, you pour that out like it's going out of style. And that vodka, good. just so people know, there might be people wondering that vodka itself will never freeze. Is that right? Right. I mean, it would have to be extreme temperatures for it to freeze. And I don't think you can do that in a refrigerator. You need to have like some sort of, I don't know, mechanical thing some sort of turbine that spins you say refrigerator air. you mean freezer though freezer you freezer sorry freezer. you'd have to have yeah. a freezer that was like crazy that that froze i don't know what uh, people's heads like walt disney if you wanted to reanimate them you'd have to go to really low temperatures like that okay this got a little grimmer than it needed to be <laughs> Look, can i just say this all right so we're talking about like boycotting or or using your money to avoid companies. I did that. I was talking about this earlier. Now yes. I'm starting to get ramped up. Okay, so well, yeah, because this is you and your wife. Uh, you've almost come to blows. I think about stuff like this, haven't you? Oh yeah, like we 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 not necessarily about this, but we're we're kind of on side. We've come to blows with other people in regards to certain things like this. Okay. So for example, you remember when Chick Fil A was in the news because they support anti LGBTQ plus organizations. Sure do. Uh, and uh, the sad thing was how much support. Oh, boy. Anyway, this is a whole thing. But Chick-fil-A, the owner, yeah. you know, I'm not defending him by any means. I, I don't think he wasn't trying to cause controversy as so many people. He wasn't trying to stoke the fires. He did one of these, you know, I just I was always raised to believe a union should be between a man and a woman. Uh, mistake, buddy. I say that I, right away. I go, you screwed up. However... For the amount of people that boycotted Chick-fil-A, an equal amount said, oh, 
I'm doubling my yeah. Chick-fil-A, con- right? Because they said, oh, he, yeah. sh- he should have the right to say whatever he wants and not get boycotted. I think he went further so, than that. His company was donating to causes that were anti-LGBTQ. So it okay. wasn't just, when, it wasn't just him. Once, and once we get into, I, I, I'm going to recommend a guy named Judd Legum, L-E-G-U-M. You look up Judd. And look up what this man is doing. He exposes so many companies who pretend to be, oh. uh, who say, you know, the, the the marketing department, the PR says one thing, but then you look at where the money is going. Exactly. And he's exposed, I don't know, Sprint and AT&T and so many different companies who try to act one way. Sure. Uh, but, but the money is what matters. Where's your support going? And who, which, which senators and which Congress people right. are you supporting? Which laws are you supporting? So Judd Legum is your source if that's something you're interested in, in the U.S. specifically. But, but he talks about a lot of these, you know, uh, multinationals and huge conglomerates. Sure, sure. So, anyway, yeah. Well, my wife is like very opposed to any Chick-fil-A. In fact, it's it, it, it crushes her soul a bit when we're driving in Toronto and we see the Chick-fil-A that's there. Uh, so we won't go into that into the Chick-fil-A. I, I will not give money to people who have those kind of... Same with Barilla Pasta. I used to love Barilla Pasta. Yeah, stop. What's happening? Well, the owner of Barilla Pasta a few years back said, I will never do a commercial where there's a same-sex couple. I don't believe in that. Pretty much what you were saying about Chick-fil-A. Oh my God, buddy, yeah, we got a lot of. And I used to, lo- I used to love Barilla pasta. I, it always mm. cooked well. But now, you know what? There's other Italian pastas, dry pastas that I'll get, or I'll support local brands. Not for dry pasta; they don't really know what they're doing. But other brands of dry pasta in Italy, I'll, I'll buy in fresh pasta. I'll buy here, and that's where I am on pasta. And here's the thing that really drove me crazy. So a few years back, there's a town in southern Ontario near Detroit called Leamington, and their whole that whole town is about growing tomatoes. For 104 years. They were growing tomatoes and selling it to Heinz. Heinz had a factory that would make ketchup in Leamington. Well, uh, you know, 10 years back, Heinz was like, that's it. Closing the factory. Too bad. You guys deal with stuff on your own. And they fucked off. Right. And so Heinz ended up leaving these farmers who grew tomatoes specifically for them in the lurch. Not to mention 740 jobs were lost because Heinz decided to pull out. Right. Well, thankfully, French's French's mustard and they do ketchup decided to go in there and purchase the, those tomatoes and make their ketchup that's sold in Canada from from the from Leamington and from the area there and so it became a sort of pseudo Canadian ketchup company and it really shifted the market and people were buying French's ketchup and I to this day will not buy Heinz ketchup I will only buy French's ketchup Heinz is dead to me and uh and and that's where I stay. Like, I, I, I have a huge issue with the fact that they kind of, you know, w- didn't tell the farmers they were going to they were going to pull out, didn't give them the heads up so that they could have maybe planted an, uh, uh, a different crop or or dealt with it. They were on the hook with all these tomatoes that they couldn't could no longer sell to the to the company. And then French's came in and and did what they did. And because of that, they were able to get a very difficult market share in the ketchup aisle in supermarkets and their percentage of ketchup sales increased by a nice percentage point. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really a big fan of that. And I won't go into a restaurant. I think I've said this on the podcast before. If a restaurant has shark on the menu, I will not go into that restaurant. I will not eat at that restaurant because I have a Mm. huge problem with what's going on with the thinning of sharks and sharks in general. So I will not eat in that restaurant. Now, I guarantee you right now, some listeners are saying boycotts don't work. They're saying that because they've heard that many times. And here here are my thoughts on that. They may well not work. 
Uh, they may only be symbolic. I got an email immediately after I, I, I signed a petition to have the LCBA, LCBO remove Russian vodkas from its shelves. Somebody emailed me, said it's not going to work. It's symbolic in nature. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine, dude. But that's a symbol that I'm proud to stand behind. Even if it does yeah. nothing, I'm, I go to sleep a little happier, right? That's not in happy. fact... That's, in fact, the challenge that I had with Amanda when you were talking about Because I had said, this is so great. LCBO is banning Russian vodka. And she's like, it's not going to do anything unless the rest of the world. And I'm like, why do you got to rain on my parade? I'm yeah. not going to buy their vodka. And if it makes me feel better that I'm doing this little bit of whatever, um, surely the ripple effect will happen. If the perception uh, from the public is not to drink Russian vodka, they're going to have to work so hard once hopefully things settle and you know whatnot to to bring the consciousness back to purchasing their Absolutely. vodka and 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 the beauty of vodka also is the choice we have as yeah. you and I have both illustrated this is not like I'm boycotting Air Canada oh god now I got to take three different flights right. to get to Tucson because of my boycott right it's not difficult it is very simple you have amazing options Probably options that'll help you discover a new vodka, and you may never even go back if you were, you know, a Russian vodka connoisseur. So we should consider ourselves very lucky, and it's very simple, and in my opinion, no reason not to do it. Over the years, we've seen these things, you know, and, and I have my own knee-jerk reactions, you know, when Saudi Arabia, when they, you know, the government or the, um, you know, the monarchy, whoever you want to say is responsible for this, it was the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, right. this journalist. I'm sorry, the next day, if I go into a grocery store and there's dates that are made in Saudi Arabia, I, I can't help but think twice, do I want this? Another big one was, uh, it came about a lot, the uh, the IDF in Israel and sure. uh, what the Israeli government doing. So there's this, you know, boycotts, divestments and sanctions, the BDS. And a lot of people, again, they say it didn't work. Um, but I wonder if it did because it, because it, it threatened, you know, they were saying that it threatened a lot of, it's not that it didn't work, it's that, in working, it also had some very negative effects for Palestinians themselves. So right. I don't know. <clears throat> I think the point here is where I'm going is this idea of a boycott, B U Y C O T T. So I always look at Nestle as an example. Right. Okay. And you and I have talked about this. Nestle is the type of company which will come in and it's particularly offensive in Canada where we don't have clean drinking water for all of our citizens, particularly Indigenous citizens. And yet, we are selling off, provinces are selling off money to Nestle so that they can, I mean, water that flows freely is now being bottled and sold back to us. And we're, we're clowns, we're chumps. Yeah. So you, you get this bad feeling depending on where you are, who you are, where you live. Nestle gives me a bad feeling. However, if I'm boycotting Nestle, now I become a little Marco Timpanesque in nature, where sure. I go to a party and I'm like, "What is that? San Pellegrino? That's a Nestle product. I'm not having that. What is that? No, don't feed your baby." People are like, "Hey, man, you're ruining the baby shower. Maybe you could, maybe you could stop being such a buzzkill." It sounds like to do... me that baby sh shower needed to be ruined. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I know. I'm not. I don't. I don't strive to be Marco Timpanesque. <laughs> I strive rather to be what you were saying earlier, actually, yeah. Marco, which is just going to bed at night, feeling a little bit more comfortable. So whereas I, I didn't, you know, what am I going to do? This couple already bought three cases of uh, whatever, Perrier, San Pellegrino, sure. what am I going to do? That purchase has been made. But me personally, I can 
focus on buying from companies that I want to buy from. Yeah. That's a boycott, right? So I can focus on, for example, my uh, company, Dujour. There was another one last year. I shall not speak of them again because of uh, three strikes in the yeah. customer service department. Ooh. But I'm going to tell you about, yeah, 100 Kilometer Foods uh, is a company that I believe they're in many parts of Canada. Sure. But 100 Kilometer Foods definitely is is here where we live outside of, inside and outside of Toronto. A terrific company. And I've, I've talked about this before. I'm a real sucker for the mystery box. I just love it. We ordered from 100 Kilometer Foods, purple potatoes, black radishes. I haven't had black radishes in God knows how long. Various different radishes. Then this one thing, I had to message you. I was like, is this celeriac or is this celery right. root? Right? I'm excited to do that. I'm not like, oh my God, what is this? I don't know what to do. We have the internet, man. We have everything sure. at our disposal. And we have friends who can tell us that's actually this. And then, uh, hey, let me make a puree. Let me make a soup. Let me make a, a salad. And I'm, I just love it. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you had a problem with. I thought you said you had a problem with this company. You don't. You enjoy. No, that's this the one I used to talk about last oh, okay. year. Okay. Okay. I shall not speak oh, okay. of them again. I see. I see. Okay. I got a new company I'm talking about, 100. which I cherish. Called Hundred Kilometer Foods. I like what they do. I love I that. Like their mandate. Yeah. Listen, a mystery basket, a mystery thing. I'm always going to be a big fan of. That's just the way it is. Like I, 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 I. So you can check off when you order it. Mystery basket as one of the options. Yeah. I mean, what they do. Okay. So here's what they do. They in, in the. They give back to local farmers and producers. For me, that that's important. I do not like the idea of farmers being pushed out of the industry, right. the generations old industry, by these big, you know, agribusinesses that come in. So you do basically um, a grocery home delivery, and you get um, what do they call these? A market box, a hundred kilometer market. So you can get one that's just produce. That's right. what I do. You can get a market box that's charcuterie and cheese. Right. 65 bucks and just a bunch of meat and delicious cheese shows up at your house. You can get a protein box, a dairy box, and um, a gift box. I might get that for you at some point, buddy. So anyway, the produce box, $60. You get all kinds of things you're not using, different squashes you've never seen, uh, beets with the greens attached. I love beet greens, different herbs. I'm, is, is this the man, place that sent you the papa in the summer? It is, who sent me the papa? I got to think about who think, did okay. that. It's not that place. Okay. It's not that place. Okay, so let me ask you this. Then it sounds to me like you're the type of person who would spend more on a product if it told you that it was going to uh, better the lives of the community where that, that food was produced. Always, always. And hey, listen, when we say something like that, Marco, I'm very careful not to be the guy who goes, Walmart, I would never shop at Walmart. Right. Some people need to. Some I people shop absolutely have to so that they can survive. Sure. If I have an option to get arugula at Walmart or get arugula that's, let's say, 50 cents to a dollar more expensive, but I know exactly where it came from. I know who it's supporting. I know what you know it means to buy from that. I'll do it. And I'm, I'm very, I feel very blessed that I'm able to do it. Now, if my wife was here, she'd be like, uh, you're not that able to do it. Right. We're not, right. We're not. Our cup doesn't runneth over over here with with cash. But yeah, as you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about how do you sleep at night? How do you sure. feel when you go sure. to bed? And what have you done? Yeah. You know, I wish I was more like that. I try to be. I'm lucky. My wife is very much more like that. She'll buy stuff that she's like, I really like this brand. I like what they're doing. And and you know what? I think I just need to do a little bit more research in the things that I buy. I, I feel like the things that I really enjoy, 
if I buy them from a sustainable company or a place that I know treats treats workers right, I'm going to enjoy that so much more. That's why I love shopping at Costco. People like to shit on Costco. You'll never hear me shit on Costco. They treat their workers right. They pay them a living wage. Everyone there, it's it's well, it's you know, I walk in there, I feel like I feel like I know where I'm going, and everyone's very helpful. Other places, not so much. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, you know, in some places, I think I think your money, where you spend your money can actually do a lot. It might take a while to do so, but it can. Um, just before we get off vodka, can I just say a couple of pairings, uh, things I love about vodka? Because I feel like I was, I've been a little bit vodka negative and I love vodka. I think it's one of the alcohols that goes with just about everything. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know we were getting off vodka. Well, I'm I, staying on vodka. Because well, I know you're going to do a food thing. I, I just mean that I mean the drink itself. Hey, hey, my food thing. Has vodka. Okay, everybody. well, there you go. There you go. Well, listen, listen, if you haven't had vodka lately, get yourself some non-Russian vodka and pair it with either soda, cranberry, tonic, orange juice. You could make a, a mule with ginger beer, lime, and simple syrup. All these things go well with vodka. For me, grapefruit juice and vodka is the perfect pair because mm-hmm. the vodka takes a little bit of the edge off the grapefruit. And the grapefruit adds a little lift to the vodka. It's a beautiful, I think it's called a Greyhound. I, actually, I know it's called a Greyhound. Great drink. <laughs> now, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to eating a meal, they think wine or beer. It basta. That's what they think is a perfect pair for a meal. If you're having food that's raw, I recommend a cold shot of vodka. Have a little bit of vodka. Sip it with your caviar. Sip it with your ceviche. Have it with your tartar. Sip it with your caviar. Oh, oh, God, dude, I just finished my caviar and I had it with a coffee. I'm an idiot. Sip it with your caviar. Who do you think listens to this show, by the way? Sip it with okay, your Okay, if you're having uh, steak tartare, what I would say is I wouldn't say have wine with that. I wouldn't say have beer with that. What I would say is order yourself a vodka, a vodka on ice or a cold vodka, and you sip that while you're having a raw, a raw item like tartare. Like a ceviche. Yeah. What else is raw that we eat? Like if you're Rocky and you're going to drink a raw egg and you're going to go fight raw someone, egg, a, li- a, a, sure. a little bit of vodka. I think raw food, dill, salmon, so like a like a, a lox. Yeah, this is what, what about fish? What about sushi, sashimi? What about that? What do you think about? Yes, vodka yeah. would go great with sushi. I mean, a lot of people drink sake, right? With, with uh, sushi, do they not? They do. Well, there you go. <laughs> do they not? They now, do. I got nervous Sometimes there for a second. I'm like, Sometimes they warm it up. Yeah. Vodka warm, not as uh, common as far as I know. Some places it might be. But if you have a sore back and you warm up some vodka and your spouse or your partner rubs that vodka on your back, you'll feel yeah. better. Wow, what a journey. One yeah. minute we're sipping it with our caviar. Next thing it's being massaged into our bodies by our loved one. What a journey. Now, uh, are you... Are you finished on this journey? I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. So let me just talk about vodka in food. And of course it's the classic and people might say, okay, played out. But when was the last time you had chicken a la vodka, chicken and penne a la vodka? Is that something you have often? I'll be honest with you. My mother will make uh, pasta a la vodka um, on special occasions. So at least two or three times a year, I'm, I'm having that. That's great. And when you have it, can you taste the vodka? No, no, I don't taste the vodka. It just adds to it. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it does, but it just makes it better. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> okay. First of all, tell your mother to be a little more heavy handed, but okay. second of all, you shouldn't eat the food, whether you're using tequila or vodka, um, 
you know, maybe with bourbon, a little bit of the flavor often stays. With vodka, there's not much of that flavor there anyway. Um, but once it's sort of, um, you know, cooked down, um, it's, you know what you're doing? You're basically, anytime you're deglazing a pan, people typically search for white wine, red wine, vodka right. should be considered. So <clears throat> here's how I make Paniella vodka, and I do it in different steps. Now, some people, this is a one-pot dish. I like to uh, fry the chicken first, and I you can you can I just dust the chicken in flour, or you can uh, dredge it properly. In other words, flour into an egg mixture, and um, and then a, another sort of coating, if you like. I don't like that as much. I like just a a light dusting, and uh, and in that dust also. You can have a, a ton of different flavor. You can have uh, dried or fresh herbs. You can have uh, chili flakes, which is what I do. And um, I like doing that. I like putting chicken thighs, not breast. I like putting chicken thighs, thin chicken why, thighs. Why the thigh, not the breast? You seem uh, to, you kind of. So, so dry. Come on, man. Huh? Let's, let's enjoy our lives. Let's party over here. I'm just people. asking. Listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just reporting the news. I'm not making it. Are you hearing my stomach? Because I'm getting hungry as yeah. I talk about this. Anyway, I'm, I apologize for that. So I will first do the chicken. Okay. Now, when you do that, uh, there will be inevitably pieces of the chicken left behind. Right? Right. In of the course. Pan. Yeah. You're, you're flying at a medium high heat. And uh, so that's your time. You know, you start this panela vodka with butter yes. and some shallots and some garlic and uh, and and some vodka, you know, not a ton. Just we're talking about a few tablespoons and you um, you what you do is you evaporate the alcohol because, I, you know, I get this look from my wife. Sometimes we had a tortier the other day and the tortier, one of the ingredients was white wine. And she gave me a little look, just the slightest look, because we're eating it as a family. And, um, and I always have to be like, relax. I'm not getting my family loaded. This is typically for and, and when you deglaze, which is. Just uh, at a high, uh, you know, boiling at a very high heat, you are boiling off the alcohol. So what stays is a little bit of the flavor, a absolutely negligible or none, zero amount of alcohol is often left once you deglaze. So people don't have to worry about that as much if they're worried about getting loaded off their food. What, what about foods where you like actually light it on fire? Like you've a like flambe is another thing, yeah, exactly. So the alcohol burns off into the sky, burns off, right? It it assists you in lighting it up. That's enough, man. I don't. I've tried flambés before, but you know, it's one of those things where this is never never get a family. You know what I mean? Right. Families are, right. Everybody, it's just like you're trying to you're trying to make like you're trying to make a spectacular yeah. meal. A showstopper. I mean, it's and impressive. Around you're, you, you're lighting shit on fire, folks. Come on, shit on fire. you're lighting. And then everybody around you is like, "Oh, you're gonna start a fire in the house." And I, I don't. It, I, I've been robbed of the enjoyment of right. a, of a flambe, but uh, I would do it. I would do it in somebody's home for sure. If we were mm -hmm. outside of my house, I would definitely do it. And if you, um, you know, put the uh, put the children away, and so, so nobody's panicking, uh, I would do that. But penela vodka, in any case. Uh, you can look, there's a thousand different ways to make it. Sure. I like to, uh, season that chicken and flour, you know, season and flour that chicken. I like to fry it. I like to deglaze the pan with butter, uh, either shallots or onions, garlic, Yum. some vodka. Um, I do like fresh thyme in there as well. 
and uh, and then you have as much or as little tomato as you want. You know, you've seen uh, panela vodka. I don't know what your mother's is it. You know, it's like one of those. Uh, I've seen butter chicken goes the same way, either right. like a dark, br- like almost a crimson color, or a beautiful rust color or orange she, or light yellow like she, she really adds cream gold. to it so it has a bit of a of pink color pink color to it no right? of course yeah. like, what am i am i a savage over here i'm not gonna come on of course well, you're I saying put... crimson if you're adding cream to it it's not gonna be crimson it's not gonna be no, like dracula's but you food put, yeah. no, but once you put an entire can of uh of tomato sure. you know sure. of, Tomate brouillé, I can't think. Passata, like a puree, 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 puree yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, and then tomato paste. You can add cream and still have a pretty red color sure. on the sauces. So I like it more in the, like sort of an orange hue. That's yes. the way I like it. I like to add heavy cream. If you are trying to stay away from dairy, coconut milk no. can get in there. No, and, yeah, man, no. But at that point, at that point, give it, it a different name. It, if you're trying to stay away from cream, then you don't have this dish is how I feel. Okay. You know what? That's not the way to... That's the way I believe. I believe, like, if you can't have something, then you don't have it. You don't try to do a version of it with something gross like like coconut coconut milk. No, no, I'm sorry. I I have to stop there. If once we're in person, I'll make it for you, and then I want you to apologize to all the decent people who listen to the show, despite your antics. Have you made it with coconut milk, and have you tried it with coconut milk? That's what I need to know. Are you just saying this, and you're going to poison me? I have never done it. I have never done it. And yet, but I have made, I put coconut milk in mussels. I put coconut milk in hundreds of curries, literally. I put not very different, buddy. No, that that broth that I, that I make for for mussels, which I'll put a beer in or I'll put white wine in. It's not too different. I'm trying to Thai flavor it up or, you know, Malaysian if flavor it up. Thai I don't food, have to. If you're making Thai food, you're making Thai food there. It works fine. If you're making Italian food, if you're making a pasta, yeah, coconuts don't grow in Italy. So it's not something that goes with their dish. Their dishes are very Listen, regional. That's how I Noodles, feel. noodles come, noodles exist in the East. I'm sure you're yes, aware. I'm aware. Right? Asian people eat yes. noodles. Okay. I'm not sure if that's a breaking news for you, but... Uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna rename it so you don't have to have the ala penne ala. We'll say noodles with vodka. We'll say drunken noodles. Okay. And all of a sudden, you're gonna eat it and you're gonna love it, and then you're gonna be like, "What is this?" I'm gonna be like, "You moron! This is the exact thing you what, took a massive turd on." What kills me is that what you're saying resonates because my wife will often say that. She goes, "You complained and you didn't want to have this, and now you have it. This is all you want." I'm an asshole it's, like that. It's Listen, just tough being around on paper, on paper, it doesn't work for me. In reality, different story. I just want to yeah. say for our international listeners, if you were wondering what uh, Ali was talking about when he said tortier, it tortier, is tortier, tortier, tortier. First of all, it's okay. an R E at the end. Come on, have some respect for the dish. Okay, well, clearly, clearly, you don't even <laughs> define it for people. It's a uh, French Canadian uh, minced meat pie. Would you say? Yeah, we 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 had a vegan version, which believe me, I, you if you think you were you angry, you if you thought you, you were angry about the coconut milk, it's like saying, you know what? I'm gonna make you roast beef, a meatless roast beef. What I'm gonna take is I'm gonna take a rutabaga and fucking blast it in the oven and cook it, and you'll you won't notice the difference. Listen, I'm gonna notice the difference. I'm gonna notice the difference. I'm gonna tell you what happened. Okay. 
when my mother passed away last year, people were very kind to send Don't food. make me look like an asshole now. <laughs> you're, you're, hey man, you're, you might have done it yourself. You might have done it yourself. I might not be I might not be the guy here. I might not be the guy doing this to you. Okay. When my you're mother t- passed away, Marco, if you could just have a moment of silence for my mother. She has, you're a bastard. Okay. You're a bastard. I'm never going to win now. It's just going to be Marco's an asshole. Continue, continue. <laughs> Never mind my mother's passing, God rest her soul. What I'm trying to say is that people had sent us food. They'd sent a lot of food. Uh, Marco and Amanda themselves had brought over a food to our house, which we were so appreciative. Anyway, we are, you know, sort of going through the freezer and doing my the classic inventory maintenance. So one of the things was a vegan tortilla. Would I have bought it myself? I wouldn't have. Was it tasty? It wasn't. We added... Uh, a sure. tomato sauce that needed to be added sure. on the side. Uh, I added a, a mixture of three different hot sauces to sort of light it up. But really, all that was missing, if I'm being honest, was salt. It just wasn't salt. Okay. This company, whoever this company was, uh, is under the impression that veganism also is a, a anti-sodium movement or something. Anyway, um, we, we we had to do some some finagling to uh, to light it up. But uh, yeah, not my first choice. Okay. And, and buddy, I come from, you know, Quebec. That's my roots. Right. Of course, this is like when people have a, you know, bastardized poutines. I get very upset. I, and I'm not as close to tortier as I am to poutine. But right. still, I was like, come on, have some respect for yourself. But in the end, it was given to me in such a it is such a nice way. Uh, you know, it had to be eaten. It had to be sure, celebrated sure. in some way. Yeah. I would argue you can have chilled vodka with savory pies as well. I'm just going to add that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there ever call for um, room temperature vodka in your mind? Or is vodka meant to be? I think it has, I think it's meant to be cold. I think it's, yeah. I think it's meant to be cold. There's something crisp, clean about it. And to, to have it at room temperature warm just doesn't, just doesn't do it for me. I could be wrong. Like, I don't know anyone who's like, you know what I'd like? I'd like a mug of warm vodka. That just doesn't, just doesn't feel right in my mind when I think of it. Right. And going back to coffee. Yeah. Your first love. Sure. Right? Yeah. You, you've spoken about how your mother dipped her finger in coffee and, and rubbed it into your gums yeah. when you were an infant. Well, she gave me uh, a vat of it and said, drink this, but that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever. Same, same Obelix same and asterisks yeah. just dropped you in the, um, you, uh, am I, am I mistaken or is there a vodka coffee drink? Is there one? I know, obviously, it's, the Baileys, there's, you know, the, the sweet liqueurs, but... You are mistaken, but not not by a long shot. So, grappa is what they would accompany with vodka, with uh, uh, espresso. So, there's a lot of drinks where you do coreto. You could put grappa in it. Some people put sambuca. You could put vodka. If you didn't have, um, say, grappa, you could put vodka. But grappa has a... a a taste to it where vodka's yeah can, a can repulsive a new... taste if i no, recall oh, it's a beautiful taste uh, uh, grappa uh vodkas have a neutral taste what do you mean repulsive taste you haven't had good grappa and i i would Listen. argue if you're gonna have grappa it should be cold unless you're putting it in coffee so could you put uh vodka in coffee yes but that's not traditionally how italians do it i had i had grappa with an italian vincenzo yeah. from italy born in italy this guy's great Strong i italian, like him already wonderful guy yeah sure I had grappa and I said, this is horrific. And he <sighs> said, you know what, Ali, this is how, you know, growing up, this is the thing we would have grappa. And mm. I understand that you growing up, it was like beer. And when I taste beer, I go, this is horrific. Mm. And I'm like, really? Because, you know, Peroni is a beer I love. Um, what's the other one? There's another Italian beer with like a mafioso figure. on Moretti. The top, uh, He's not mafioso. Moretti. He just has a big mustache, but whatever. Yeah. 
He's got the hat. He's in the shadows. He's a, Come on. You know first what they're of all, trying to go he's for. A, you know it's what a northern Italian beer. He's like an alpine guy with a big furry mustache no. that comes down like no, a no. shaggy dog. And you're saying he's no, mafioso. No, no. What mafioso films are you watching? Moretti, let me just go to the beer. Yeah, take a good let look. He's gonna look. See. He's looking it up now. He, this guy looks nothing like a mafioso. Uh, you're absolutely right. Okay. I stand corrected. I apologize. This is a guy with his eyes closed drinking a uh, like almost a pitcher in his hand. He's uh, no. This is a guy just he wants to avoid his wife. He doesn't want to yeah. go home. He doesn't like his children. He's in a bar drinking yeah. a very big beer with his eyes closed. I don't I love Italian beers. I never look this close. You're never going to hear me defend Italian beers. Italian beers don't okay. do it for me. Give me a Belgian, a Czech, a German beer, or even a French beer, even a French beer over an Italian beer any day. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Well, I think if there's one thing we established in this podcast is that you got problems. Also, I don't even think you, I don't even think you let me finish the Sorry, recipe. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't. You know Sorry. what? No, no, no finish, finish. You were saying... <laughs> I'm saying that I like to make the chicken separately. Oh, okay. Then I like to make the sauce. Uh, you know, the the obviously the, the the penne or whatever noodles you're using cooked separately, and then they're added all back in the chunks of chicken, the vodka added back into the sauce. That sauce, as I said, I typically I like fresh tomatoes if they're good to me. Like fresh tomatoes with tomato paste. Yes. But typically people will use a can of either the whole peeled tomatoes or the, um, the freshness of the tomato is key. If you have tomatoes that taste like cardboard, you really, I, in my opinion, you want to opt for the, uh, the canned tomatoes every time. Also key for this dish, red chili flakes, um, or fresh chilies off the, uh, out of a garden, fresh, those red long chilies yes. that have some bite, right. You know, the uh, Italian uh, favorite. Yep. And uh, and then also, in my opinion, I've mentioned thyme. I do like fresh thyme in this, but uh, some some chopped fresh basil at the end of it all really rounds out uh, this dish. And this is, of course, the Italian one I'm talking about, Italian yeah. influence one, not the uh, not the noodles. Then we'd be talking about Thai basil, but sure. then who knows what reaction Marco would have to that? No, no, Thai no. basil. It's for Thai I, people. I don't. Know I love Thai basil. I had Thai food yesterday, but. Um, you know what I love about when you describe food, I have to say this. I got to give you props. I like the layers, the layered flavors I can tell in the food that you make. I've had your food, so I know that that it's well-rounded. But I like how you're putting the basil at the end and you've got the thyme. And both of those herbs really support the rest of your dish, which has cream. So you've got that layer of fat. You've got the vodka. You've got the tomatoes. Um and, and the shallots or the onions that you've done before, I can already tell the layers of this dish is just fantastic. Chef's kiss to you. Like, Chef's kiss. Yeah, and and your ability to uh, use herbs and stuff for flavors and, and your your lack of shyness. People are so shy to try things and, and the way you are a bit liberal with that, I really... And I'm not saying that you overdo it with herbs, but how you're, how you're very flexible and nimble with, with those herbs. I got to give you props there. I thought this would go insulting at the end but when i said so that's you marco when we think you're gonna zig you zag and yeah. i appreciate it buddy um i think i may go make some of that myself Fantastic. uh for well probably for the family right right now uh we don't have any vodka in the house actually okay <laughs> yeah we're fresh out um i was more focused on uh, on gin and tequila over the last few months sure. for some reason both drinks by the way this is how much i'm not living in the moment both drinks remind me of summer. Both of those spirits remind me of summer more than anything else. Gin and tequila. Gin, 
Yeah, well, gin, it, particularly with, you know, cucumber peeled into yep. it, a double gin and tonic with cucumber um, peeled into it, not sliced, not chunks of it, right? And then uh, and then a bunch of tequila. You know, you were talking about the grapefruit juice and uh, vodka. I think grapefruit oh. juice and tequila, right? A Paloma, yep. and I think margaritas and all yep. that. So it's just an indication to me that I am living uh, months ahead. And I think probably a lot of people were wanted the pandemic over, wanted everything like done, wanted like sunshine and outdoorsiness. So, uh, but I'm going to bring vodka back. We've, um, we've done a good sales pitch on ourselves, I think. Yeah. And, uh, just a good reminder, you know, you you do what you can to, um, to make sure your pillow hits the, your, your head hits the pillow at night uh, with, with, with some comfort. And just on that final note, I do also want to say, you know, I, I, I would be remiss not to say this, with all the love and outpouring that we're having for the Ukrainian people because of this unprovoked attack, I, w- I would love for our listeners to re- be reminded that that's happening all across the world sure. and it's happening to brown and black people. And notice that, you know, when we talk about the Uyghur Muslims in China or the Yemeni who also unprovoked attack from Saudi Arabia, when we talk about Palestinians, when we talk about uh, dozens of different communities across the world being being attacked or oppressed in some way we don't feel the same way and it is it's something to um it's something to address but i think it's something to look at internally as well it doesn't take away anything from the ukrainian people but refugees come in all colors and i it's think you should remember that yeah. yeah fair enough thank you uh i will say this uh folks if you have a brand of vodka that you enjoy let us know uh contact us through our social media at this podcast is delicious let us know the brand that you enjoy um and enjoy your vodka yeah, and if you have other vodka recipes, I know I went with a classic Penela vodka, but I, I'm, you know, we do this, we do a, a food and drink podcast here, but I love the idea of marrying the two in the same dish. Sure. Um, you know, even I love the, I also love uh, marrying food into a drink. I'm a big fan of a Caesar with a shrimp and a few olives on top, maybe a pickle. Big fan. Big fat. It's a bit much with the pepperoni sticks and all that. You know, the Americans get a little crazy sure. with the Bloody Marys and all that. Um, but if you have uh, suggestions for drinks and and uh, you want some uh, tips or know-how uh, or just want to walk down that journey of learning how to make a drink, we're happy to do it. We're happy to revisit it and put a fresh twist on something we've done before. We have an entire catalog, almost 100, uh, almost 100 episodes, right? Yeah. Under, under our Eat and Drink banner. Yes. Should we, when we say eat and drink, should we, should we, no, no. we never speak of it again? Listen, of I, lo- I love that name, joking. but our joking. podcast I is now called, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the podcast is now called this podcast. It's going to be confusing for people. People are going to listen and say, what happened? We changed the name. This is the second episode with a new name. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you let us know, but you can find us on both. If you type in eat and drink, this will come up as well. Right. Yeah. But let's go forward as uh, this podcast is delicious. T-Pid. Let's not call it that. I, I, let's go for. I don't know. Like every time you say that, I'm like, "What is he saying?" And then you're like, yeah. "No, it's the initials." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, fair, fair enough." It is, but I don't like the way it sounds because okay. it sounds like tepid, which is lukewarm. Yeah. And buddy, we are hot. We're hot, man. We're blazing hot. <laughs> Have you ever had hot, like um, Tabasco or hot hot sauce in your vodka? We used to uh, do of that. Of course I have. We of used, course to, do, have. We used yes, to do of shots course. of that back in the day. I used to do shots yeah. with friends with that. I'm trying to remember what a prairie fire is. Uh, we didn't do that intentionally, but we would always do that when it was somebody's birthday. You know, yeah. you graduate out of the birthday bumps. Yeah. 
And then there's a few years of nothing because no one can lift your overweight 14, 15 year old ass anymore to give you the bumps. Friends still try, but right. it's tougher. And then finally, you're 18, 19, you're in bars. And I always thought of that as the uh, liquid equivalent of the birthday bumps. All right, shot. So everybody has a nice, uh, a beautiful shot. But the birthday boy gets something with a bunch of Tabasco sitting on the bottom. And it was typically called a prairie fire. For me, I think it was called a snake bite. Snake bites. That's the other one. That's the other one. Both of those were a big deal in Quebec. And so everybody does the shot and goes, ah. And then the birthday boy or girl does the shot and goes, I hate you guys. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Okay, buddy. All right, man. Nice chatting with you. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I, I hope there was something for everybody in this episode. Uh, would love to hear from you, Marco. You could tell people what our uh, our socials are. At this podcast okay. is delicious. Yeah, perfect. And I noticed on Twitter, because of the limit of space, pod is delicious. That's right. right. That's our Twitter. That's yeah, right. But if you to... look it up, if you type in this podcast is delicious, it it's will the... come up. But yeah, you're right. Pod, it, pod is delicious. Perfect. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That is it. Until we are delicious again, we don't have a we don't have a goodbye. It's we don't true. Have a, we, we, don't have, have a... <laughs> we haven't figured that out yet. I was wondering. No. I was like, "What is he going to say?" You're going to come I up with. I know what I'm going to say. Oh, you do. I know what okay. I'm going to say. Thank you for a delicious time. Until next time.